the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives captives free. free. Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to the show. Today we're in the studio with Les Higashi, who is a, just a dear friend, brother, and I'm grateful to have him on the show. He is, his calling as a man is to speak about the demand for sex in our world. Um, you know, he's passionate. He, part of his bio says statistics say that 10 to 15% of men buy or have bought people for sex. Last count, there were 151 million plus men in the U.S. that that applies to. And so, uh, Les is on the board of the directors for Pillars of Hope, which is a nonprofit that is uh, helping p- women and, and, and people that are escaping modern day slavery and looking to build a facility. They're looking to build a facility to help house and restore those victims of human trafficking. And he's also an active member of the EPIC project, which is about mobilizing male af- allies to disrupt the commercial sex market, equipping them to combat the roots of exploitation and encouraging them to collaborate effectively with the wider movement. Welcome to the show, Les. Thanks, Vanessa. Absolutely. (laughs) So, you know, as you as you know, we we got quite a history. We've been out together doing many, many street outreaches for years. Um, There was a time when you were looking after our men's services program for Love Never Fails and and we've just worked, you know, arm in arm for many years trying to address this issue of human trafficking. And one thing that I've loved so much is that you've kept beating that drum that more men need to get involved in this fight and and um, and also kind of shining a light on demand for sex in our world. And so I wanted to just kind of get some an update from you on, you know, what you're doing as it relates to that topic and um you know, and what you're seeing, how have things changed since we last checked in? Well, I think that um, one of the things that that changed a little bit was, of course, is that, um, and what we're restarting now is when we had the um, when we had the lockdown and everything else, uh, we we stopped patrols at least for Northern California, and we're going to restart it. We just had a meeting. Um, in the Central Valley, where a new group of men are actually going to be um, starting, where we're pretty excited about that. I'm, I'm pretty excited. There's a um, uh, a group called Without Permission, and mm-hmm. now they have a um, a young man, Logan Johnson, who's starting a movement, a men's movement called I Am Change. And mm-hmm. so these are young men that are going to be uh, speaking into the demand. They'll be doing uh, outreaches with uh, with uh, Epic. And I'm really excited about that. I think they're going to have their first um, first patrol in August. So I'm going to try to make wow. it out there and, and do that. And I got to meet those guys. And the guys down from Portland came down and, and trained us again. And um, so there's, yeah, there's still a lot of patrols going on there. You know, every, every month or so, there's another city going on. Uh, 
adding on to the EPIC project is speaking to the to the demand to intercept um, men buying girls. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's pretty exciting actually to be involved with men. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, you go to speak or you go to an event and and um, there's very few men. Yeah. Very, few, very, very few men. And and I, I was at a recent thing where we were doing a um, I partnered up with um, um, Operation Underground Railroad. They have a, um, a yearly thing called Rise Up where they do awareness projects throughout the throughout their uh, country and. And um, there's a new group of, of people starting out in the um, in Contra Costa, and we actually were doing a um, a uh, education event in Danville. Mm-hmm. And um, I told him, I said, you know, Danville was actually one of the first federal cases mm-hmm. that had um, that was a human trafficking. It was a domestic. Joseph service. Vernon Jr. Mm-hmm. And yeah. There's been some other ones as well. So you know, I, I think that. Um, I think that people don't really understand how how um, this uh, this issue goes into all all parts of our society. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, and 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 the fact that more men are getting involved. You know, I've always felt, and maybe I'm being uh, naive here, but I've always felt the reason why the men weren't more have represented is one, um, maybe they there's a maybe there's some guilt or shame because they. Um, maybe have watched porn in the past, mm-hmm. or I know a few of the guys that have gone out on street outreach with us confessed to me privately that they have, you know, been with a, a woman who was being exploited, but they didn't know, they didn't know that she was being beaten and forced to be there. They had some sort of fantasy in their mind that um, she liked it. She wanted to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was that, or they didn't know they were underage. And so they were just disgusted with themselves that, Oh my gosh, I may have um, hurt a child, right? So there were there's a few guys that confessed that to me privately, um, and that. But then you know, and then of course, mo- a lot of people, guys and you know, women, men, people have looked at pornography, and some people have shame about that, and especially if there's an addiction there. Um, but I think, I think the 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 one area that I think people feel uncomfortable is. You know, you're with predominantly women. You're talking about sex, and it's just this uncomfortable thing about hearing about all, the, all these horrific things that these men are doing to children. You know, of course, women are doing it too, but not at the the rate. And even the anger and the rage that I like every time I talk to a, a dad about this, I I notice he starts fidgeting. He gets on his phone. He start. He needs to get up and walk. He starts breathing heavily, and I have to go. Are you Are you okay? Are you all right? And they're like, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. You know. So is it the protector? Is that? Am I being naive, or is that kind of the reason why they just avoid this topic? You guys avoid this topic like the plague. I think. I think one of the things is that um, is really really plain to me is is when, um, you know, and all men are tempted. I think all men are tempted. Mm-hmm. And um, and it can get into a part where it, it becomes a huge part of your thought life. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that are, are really kind of, one of the things that kind of keep me on the straight and narrow is, is God kind of whispers in my ear and he says, hey, what are you doing? What are you, what are you looking at? That's my daughter. Mm, what are you thinking good. about? That's 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 a child of mine. Yeah, and um, I know that um, that is something that continually continually reminds me that that's somebody's daughter. Mm. You know, that's that's God's child. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm overprotective. I mean, mm-hmm. I that's why God didn't give me daughters is because I'd be a horrible horrible father. <laughs> overprotective. <laughs> Over and, a daughter, huh? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you would I, go I, I would, nowhere, huh? <laughs> I would, I would definitely be going to one of those holiness churches where you know they have to cover from like head to toe. But uh, <laughs> if I had a daughter, yeah. and I have a grand, and I have a granddaughter now, and yeah, you know, I'm going to be overprotective about that. You know, yeah. Well, and I think you know, and and so we just have to acknowledge that that is a huge part of a man's sort of makeup most of the time. I'm I'm obviously speaking 
very, you know, generally speaking, but, you know, um, I think that's a theme that you hear with a lot of men that um, there's temptation. And then there's also this, um, this anger that rises up and it could be both. Isn't that ironic? Like you're like, you're like tempted when something is really sexual and, you know, maybe along the line, maybe it's not a child you're looking at. Right. But then you think, Oh my gosh, people are doing this to kids. Then you're like, now I want to kill them, you know, and you're going back and forth and you're trying to reconcile it. And it's just really uncomfortable. So, um, I wanted to just kind of get that out there. And, um, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. Les, I'd love to hear from you. You know, just so the listening audience, you talked about 1.5 million, right? I wanted to talk talk a little bit about, you know, um, uh, platforms like Pornhub, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, uh, uh, well, in the past, my Red Book and, you know, Craigslist and these, these platforms that are really making it difficult for people um, to um, kind of... Uh, to know, you know, is this someone who's being trafficked? Is this not? I mean, these platforms are free. They're accessible to everybody. And they are user vetted, user generated, unvetted content that's being posted there and being watched in the millions and billions. So we're going to be right back. Um, and we'll talk some more about these platforms and what Les and the men that he's working with are doing about it. All right. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio with Les Higashi, who is a uh, on the board of directors for Pillars of Hope and uh, also a member of the EPIC Project. And we are talking about uh, demand. We're talking about how men can get more involved in this fight against human trafficking and also how men are contributing to the, you know, the issues and the problems that are uh, impacting uh, vulnerable people in our community. Um, so I talked about this during the uh, just before the break. Um, Pornhub, 150 million views a day, 150 million views a day. Uh, it is uh, created by MindGeek, which is a, a Canadian company that owns 135 porn sites. Pornhub just happens to be one of them under federal investigation right now because there are at least there's 100 plus cases that are um, that are uh, criminal cases uh, proven. Uh, cases of rape and of children and of people that are vi- that has been videotaped and posted to their site. There are other sites like OnlyFans.com where they are doing this very same thing, only it's subscription based. So now you're paying an annual amount to watch different people. I mean, sorry, a monthly amount um, to watch different people be raped, and you can subscribe to certain channels because you like that certain kind of. Um, a uh, girl that's being shown there, you know, a certain look. And, uh, and so th- th- this is, this is growing, right? So Red Book came down and Pornhub went up. Porn, mm-hmm. you know, Craigslist came down and OnlyFans went up. What do you make of this, Les? You're, you have a background in tech. What, what, what are we doing? What do you, what do you think we should be doing about this? I, I think, I think that um, 
You know, when uh, one of the things is when the Epic Project, um, when Backpage went down, that was one of the main places where we interacted with men, right? But when it went down, there was there was dozens and dozens of other John boards, what they call John boards, where where um, where women get sold, women and children get sold, and they just pop right up. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, it's 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 kind of like you know, it's like um, whack a mole, right? Yeah, you get one mole and it pops up someplace else, right? Right. But I think one of the one of the places, I mean, that is so out there, and we know that people are being exploited. I think the thing that's really worrying to me is when kids want to become social media influencers, mm-hmm. and they 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 want to become, you know, and it's monetized. The more the more viewers you get, the more likes you get. Yeah, you know, it becomes money, right? It becomes right. money. So even even very obscure things like um, any because I, I watch a lot of YouTube yeah. um, fishing shows. My wife will tell you, mm-hmm. um, pretty boring, but to most people, but I love it. And um, and even that, you know, I mean, it's just this visual um, things that they they try to sell with the thumbnail, with the central thumbnail, or something like that, which isn't needed, but they know it's going to get more hits, it's going to get more clicks. And I think that that's one of the things is that. Kids get used to being liked and want to yeah. be liked. Yeah. And when it's monetized, oh yeah, it's highly sexualized. You know, you're gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be something that's gonna be attracting to kids. And I think that one of the things is that it's really, really um, telling to know that high tech people that own that runs Facebook and all these other social media sites, they won't let their kids on social media. Mm-hmm. They know, yeah. they know. Right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, there's a whole, uh, what, what's the name of it? There's a uh, movie on Netflix. Um, oh, gosh, it's escaping me at the moment. Yeah, Social Dilemma. A great film that kind of sheds light on all of the tech geniuses that created these platforms actually quit from the from these companies because of their social ethics and or their personal ethics saying, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize what I was creating was going to be like digital crack for people. And, um, and also they don't, you know, people like Bill Gates saying, don't let your kids get on there. Right. It's like, okay. You know, there's an article where Bill's like, yeah, you know, like he's, he says, um, I don't believe that children that are under the age of 12 should have a cell phone. And you're going, hmm, okay, well. Yeah, I mean. They're saying it. Yeah, and, and I think that it's, it's, it's as, a, as a grandparent, it really scares me. Because yeah. kids are so used to social media. And, you know, kids, even boys that are playing online games, you know, how many times have we heard where um, they'll be um, groomed online mm-hmm. by, another, by another person that's, that's probably an adult that's that's acting like he's another kid yep. or or whatever and he you know they 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 get a kid um that's in, you know that they get a relationship with and they're grooming him all this time uh, and it's just an on and and parents are going it's just an online game he's i mean he's not on social media but he's mm-hmm. on an online game which he can be groomed there too, as well yeah and i think that's the whole thing is that you know for on, on the demand side, I mean, we're feeding uh, social media. It gives us a portal, gives us an, a door for, for for pedophiles and for pre- perpetrators. It gives you a, a door into your child's bedroom. Yeah. And it's scary to me. Yeah. 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 Um, I totally agree. I mean, you would never let a stranger walk into your child's bedroom, but you let them walk in through the phone every day. Right. And and whisper sweet nothings into their ear and tell them, you know, validate them and even see them, even, you know, look, look at them on camera right. and, um, you know, in, in their pajamas. And right. and it's just like we think it's a fantasy world, but it's a real world, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I've had to have some serious conversations with my um, with my 13 year old daughter who, you know, she's posting different things and I've had to have conversation with her about what she hopes to achieve and posting that thing and who she hopes to engage with and what she, what kind of reaction that she thinks she's going to get. And it's all about kind of processing um, what 
what she's thinking about. Um, and my, you know, I don't want to like completely strip her of having a social media presence, but she has a private account, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, only with her friends and, and then, you know, even with those friends, those friends have friends and they can be sharing your pictures and your thoughts. And do you want them what do you think you're going to achieve again by uh, by doing this? So I think it's really important that we kind of gain the some some truth on that and truth serum. Right. The other thing that I saw recently, I wanted to see what you thought of this, but like there are there are rooms that are opening up all the time on a Snapchat, on an Instagram, and they're little and on Facebook and they're watch parties. And I just got I just looked at one on Saturday, um, and it was a girl, and she says, "Who's trying to give me some money?" That's the, that's the, that's the room. And so you join the room and you think you're going to come in, you know, you to watching something, um, you know, in exchange for money. And, um, and there's strip teases going on there where they basically will start you off and show you a little bit. And then they'll cut the room until you send them some money on via cash app or Venmo. And um, this particular room, there was a, she had her pimp in it. And her pimp was monitoring, just looking at the screen, looking at the chats, monitoring who was getting on and was kind of like, yeah, you better, you know, shoot me some money if you want to look at my B. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it's right there. It's right there, Les. Shouldn't we be able to do something from a technological standpoint to kind of intervene in these situations? So we're going to take a break. I want to get Les's, I'm going to leave you on the hanger there. Dun, dun, dun. And let's see what... Les has to say about that. We'll be right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are talking to Leslie Gashi, who is on the board of directors at Pillars of Hope and also an ally and member of Epic Project. Um, and so going back to the question before the break, right? So you, here you are at this watch party. There's a girl that's stripping. She's about to cut the strip, require some cash. The pimp is watching, making sure that you understand that this is his being, you know, and and he's probably ready to hire her out, you know, after the strip. He's, what should we be doing from a technical, you know, technical platform standpoint? What, as a society, what what do we do with that? I think that um, one one of the things that that is really really, um, it's true is that they there is a great. Um, deal of monitoring by the platform and they could do a way better job of monitoring mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. and they don't mm-hmm. if somebody says something like offensive you know it's going to be it's going to i've been in facebook jail myself right mm-hmm. not saying anything offensive i think i just word use the word asian in a sentence and i was in facebook jail for a while mm-hmm. so i know that there are arg- algorithms that can catch any of that stuff. Right. And monitor it and catch it. You mean you, mean you, you mean we could say, who trying to get, who trying to give me some money? Right. You mean we could actually take that as a tagline 
right. and maybe uh, anticipate that it was associated with some kind of trafficking or criminal activity. Right. And, you know, and the thing, too, is, <laughs> is I know that people have a, um, you know, a- anybody has a and, and, and one of the things is that on most social platforms, you can sit there and report. Right. So a, a person that's aware, like we are aware as citizens, is that we need to have an awareness and education to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. You do have the power to do something. You can report that person like that old saying, right? See something. Say something. Say something. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with us on online. Not only can we ask the demand the platforms to um, be uh, more vigilant on these kinds of things, because I think that when as as people start to bring up more lawsuits um, that have been you know like against Facebook and some of these other things, I think that the platform has got to respond. And that's yeah. one of the things is that we have a voice. We need to use it. I think the other thing is personally as a man is that I always speak to guys about demand. Mm-hmm. When a conversation comes out, even a casual conversation, I'll slip it in. Yeah. I, you know, and I, and I don't say it in a judgmental way. I just say it in a way that, that a man can understand that what they say, what they do, what they allow is not right. Yeah. That's what it's got to be. It's got to be a conversation. I said, you know what, men – We've got to have um, a conversation about these kinds of things in our sphere of influence and encourage other men to do the same. Yes, totally agree. And that's one thing I love about you is you don't hold back. You know, you you ask the question, ask the hard questions. And I think that you would meet them in a loving space if they were, you know, confused about their position or, you know, like that's one thing, right? So your strategy with Epic, tell us more. This will be helpful for the listening audience to hear kind of like, what is your strategy there? Well, um, for the Epic Project is it's kind of like Neighborhood Watch, right? Is um, a lot of the things that we've been talking about platforms and things like that. A lot of things that happen, they happen online where men call numbers. And so sometimes a man will call a number and it might be us. It -hmm. might be us. And what we do is we, we have a conversation with them. Um, and, you know, um, and, and really, when I when we first got started, you know, we they call up and we go, what are you doing? You know, kind of like really kind of throw it at them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the thing is, is that we need to have a conversation where we say, hey, listen, this is what's happening when you're buying, when you're attempting to buy somebody. And we tell them the truth. We tell them that usually that girl is not um, is not a willing participant. She probably gets none of the money. She probably is has experienced violence from both mm-hmm. her perpetrator and from her customers. And says so the other thing too is that you are at risk as well. Mm-hmm. You know your well being is at risk, and things. And and I think that what the thing is is that since this kind of thing is such something in secret, all of a sudden they're being intercepted. It throws a light on their secret behavior. Yes. And that could be a game changer. You know, and this is, I think, bothers me about the reporting piece. Okay. Mm-hmm. Reporting. And not only, you know, when you're on these platforms and you report. Or like when they seized Redbook. Did you hear, why didn't the heads roll after they seized? I didn't hear about any arrests of any of the buyers. They had all of that information. The, the, the attorney general seized the whole site. All the buyers who were actually purchasing people and rating the sex that they were having with stars, describing children's body parts, whether they had pubic hair and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so if you know these things and you're describing the, the their performance, but you don't get held accountable, what are, what are we saying, you know, to the next people who are see something, say something for what? Why would why would I say anything? I post, you know, I reported that there's something inappropriate happening here, and I never see any heads rolling when I report it. Right. But you and know, I think that's I think that's one of the things is that we see all these laws and we fight for all these laws and everything else. Um, and 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 there are there there should be there are laws right now on the books that could um, that should throw a person in jail. You know. Yeah. And but. 
you know and I know that the Johns are not held accountable. Yeah. The the percentage of Johns that even are held accountable are so low. Mm-hmm. But the person, the 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 person that often gets, and I I think arrested mm-hmm. arrested is is a, is the, uh, the victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, and and so this brings me to a whole another topic, which is decriminalization. And I, you know, I want to talk about that because there is this, you know, there's this whole discussion about should we start to proactively pursue the Nordic model in California in particular? Um, there is a huge movement right now. It's coming from a, a group of folks from New York. They've now brought it into Senator Weiner in San Francisco uh, with SB 357 on the heels of SB 145. And, uh, you know, and, and, and Senator Weiner is just on a roll here, kind of opening up um, the ability for vulnerable children to be um, to be. Uh, abused um, and also for now for um, the ability for any intervention when there's loitering um, in in cities uh, like last weekend I was in I was in uh, Oakland doing a street outreach over there walking around a certain neighborhood off of international there were about 20 girls lined up naked completely naked and there were guys lined up in their cars ready to buy. Um, and they were getting in the cars, going around the corner, having sex, then dropping them back. And 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 nobody was breaking that up. And the one law that we have, which is a anti-loitering law that would allow police to intervene, not only with the exploited girls, but with the and guys that are out there and, and you know, members of LGBTQ plus community. But with the buyers that are in the cars, they would be able to be accosted. But no. This law, three SB three fifty seven, would disband that, um, and it's uh, it's going to uh, the appropriations committee for the assembly on August the sixteenth. So, um, when I come back, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. I want to talk a little bit about decriminalization, um, this whole notion of not arresting the buyers, arresting the victims. How does it all work? We'll come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio with Leslie Gashi, just having a great time talking about things that need to be talked about, right? Demand, um, how, you know, decriminalization, you know, victims being arrested versus exploiters and, and buyers. Um, and so before the break, and I'll just kind of recap, cause I think this is really important. I want the listening audience to hear this. And I want to get your take less on this is that, um, on, uh, earlier this year. Um, so, so I, I think it's important to go back. So, so last year, Senator Weiner, uh, he wrote a bit of legislation called uh, SB 145. And that basically in- changed the 290 sex registrant laws such that now um, a 14-year-old can have sex with a 24-year-old. So there's a 10-year span or a 15-year-old with a 24 or 21 or up to 25-year-old. So there's as long as the victimizer is within 10 years of a 14-year-old or above, 
um, they will not be subjected to automatic registration on the registry. And um, I, I approached Senator Weiner. I approached the um, the DA that co-wrote the, the bill with him. Um, and the way they billboarded it, and this is one thing you got to watch with this guy, is that he's very manipulative in the way that he billboards his bills. So you have to look under the covers at the details of the bills or you'll be tricked. So he tricked everybody into believing that it was a discriminatory uh, bill, um, meaning against LGBTQ+. Why? Because there was a loophole um, that was provided in an, a, a penal code that is associated with 290, uh, which is another penal code. There was a loophole that was created for uh, instances when there are a, a, a teenage girl and teenage boy that are within a certain you know amount of age away from each other and they're having vaginal sex. Mm-hmm. So if they, if there's a loophole in 261.5, that's the penal code, but it was only for vaginal sex wasn't created for anal, wasn't created for oral. Mm -hmm. And so he made that mean in all of his campaigning that these bills were discriminatory against gay people, against LGBTQ plus. Well, it's a lie because those that those penal codes were created in the 40s when people believed that no one had oral or anal sex. Mm -hmm. So it had nothing to do with being LGBTQ plus. It had to do with we only do missionary, you know, <laughs> vaginal sex. Right. So so it had nothing to do with being discriminatory. It's just that the code was old. And I said to him, why didn't you just re- evolve 261.5 to include oral and anal since it had vaginal loophole in there? Why didn't you just do that? And he said, nobody would get behind the bill unless I included, made it this 10-year range where now a 23-year-old can rape a 14-year-old nice. and they don't get automatic registration on the, on the thing. And they don't get automatic registration in, in, in sex uh, registration on the, the 296 registration database. And they, they have to go present all their facts, gather them up and present them to a judge. Now we know we're going to lose Let me just be clear. We're going to lose all the trafficking cases that way because trafficking victims never will go to the extent and nor do they have family or parents or advocates that will push for them to get their rights heard in a court of law. And so black, poor black and brown children that are are the ones that are disproportionately abused are going to be the ones that are most impacted by that legislation that went into law on August 20th, uh, 2020. Yeah. So I asked him, did you test your bill against trafficking victims cases? He said, no. I asked the DA, did you test your bill? No, we tested it against one LGBTQ plus case. That was, this was the impetus for the, for us doing this legislation. And, um, and we tested it against, a um, uh, six other cases, seven cases. There are 41,655 registered sex offenders in the state of California. And you tested your bill against seven cases and, and it passed. So they do a really good job of campaigning. Well, on the heels of that now, Senator Weiner is now all of a sudden really, he really cares about trafficking victims. He has, he has now, developed SB 357. And this is proposing to actually protect black and LGBTQ plus um, victims of human trafficking that he says in his bill are just walking around their own neighborhoods. They're not soliciting sex. They're just walking around less in the with naked with condoms in their purse and and purses full of money getting in and out of cars and police should not have the right to disturb them because it's discriminatory and they are being harassed. That is his his position with this bill. And he says loitering charges from the past should get thrown out, which I happen to agree with, especially if someone's trying to rebuild their life. But the uh, hindering the police, which is the only point of intervention that we have at the moment, from interrupting um, loitering and soliciting, not only from the buy, not only from the traffic victims, but the buyers and the pimps 
can't be accosted either. Nobody it, without the right to actually go and ask questions and inquire like, what are you doing out here? Why are you out here naked? What are you doing in your car here driving around the corner in a place that's known for if you don't have if you, the police don't have the right to do that. Who's going to do it? In which case, it's really the first step towards decriminalization. Um, and this is what they want. But yet, Senator Weiner forgot about trafficking victims when he spearheaded SB 145. Okay, I said so much, Les. I'm sorry. I, am, I took I over am. your segment. You no, know, I was, I was, um, I, I'm glad you said it because you know what? It gets no, it gets no press. There is well, no friction. There is. We there gotta take no this all the way. There's mm-hmm. no pushback to him. Yeah. And what's going to be next? Right. And 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 and. And why isn't there more legislation that's looking at how what we do to, to uh, you know, in, in his brief, he said it's appalling that there were 48 in Compton on one week. There were 48 black women that were arrested for um, for loitering and they're just being picked on these 48 women and 72 percent of them were black. And I'm thinking, dude, like it's not about you being upset that they were arrested for loitering. How about you coming up with some legislation that provides them jobs? Mm. How about you giving them some alternatives to being exploited rather than opening up the market? Why right. don't you, why don't you do something that's actually going to benefit victims, black women who you claim that you're supporting need jobs they need job training they need housing do something with that what are your th- what are your th- what's your thoughts on that Les? well i think i think that's that's the thing is that you know when when you have a vulnerable vulnerable people that are um already vulnerable that you you need to have safety nets or you need to have something to even to for them to get to right yeah, is that yeah. let's say we get let's you know you have plenty of uh, of of people that you've gotten out of life and uh, successfully, but it's really darn hard for that second and third step mm-hmm. is to get them stable and to yeah. get them to the point where they're stable enough to where they don't fall back into vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things is that if we could spend a little bit of money up front, that we'd save money in the long run. Yeah, and, and that's and we break that cycle of vulnerability. Yeah, and, and I think that that's one of the things is that it seems that people that politicians always throw money or their efforts into the wrong side of it. Yeah, right, the wrong side yeah. of it. Yeah, and like so like the prevention, like these platforms. Right. You got people being sold online. Throw something. Throw some focus on that. Right. You know, holding the tech companies accountable for. Um, you know, uh, some of the, the behaviors that are happening on these platforms, there's so many angles. If you really want to help people, I don't know. I don't know. So, okay, we're going to come right back. And by the way, when we come back, um, for those of you who are listening, if you want to help, uh, support as we oppose, uh, SB 357, um, we have an opportunity to call Lorraine Gonzalez, who is the head of the appropriations committee. For the assembly, we have the opportunity to call her and just to plea with her to um, to not allow this to go forward. If you're a survivor of human trafficking, especially if you're black, you're a member of the LGBTQ uh, co- uh, community, and you recognize what we're talking about, we're going to give you um, an opportunity. If you're an NG- NGO, a non-government agency, or a community-based organization, and you're saying, what? How can I oppose this? I'm going to tell you how in the next segment. All right, we're going to come right back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. 
My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We are just having a heated conversation here with Lessie Gashi about demand, about decriminalization, about um, this these bills that are happening that are troubling, uh, to say the least. And so... Um, I just, you know, I want to, I want to ask you a little bit about the wonderful work that you're doing there with Pillars of Hope. Um, by the way, just want to shout you guys out um, this, this summer, um, our um, girls that are in our youth house uh, wanted to go on a trip to Santa Cruz. And so um, uh, Les and his board of directors were kind enough to sponsor them. So they're going to be taking a, a trip to the beach. Yay. So thank you for that. But I want to talk about what you're trying to do, the housing, but I wanted to just let the listening audience know um, that please reach out to me if you'd like to get a hold of the opposed letter template that we have created. Um, and uh, I can email that to you. It's Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com. I will email you the opposed letter. Um, also, you do have to register under uh, SB 357. Um you have to register as an organization or as an individual that's opposing uh, that bill. Uh, unfortunately, we're a little late to the game. Um, and so it's already going to Assembly Appropriations Committee. Um, and then after that, I believe it, it either has to come back to the Senate for a final uh, discussion or it may just go right to the governor's desk. And um, once it goes to the governor's desk, it's very likely that it will be um, passed. And again, this is this is just going to be extremely detrimental if this gets past the uh, appropriations committee. And so the way that you affect change is by submitting that letter, by going to your local news and asking them if they'd like to interview you. If you're a CEO, ED of any NGO that's uh, fighting against human trafficking or for human rights, do it. I'm going to be doing I'm reaching out to all of my media contacts. And um, make giving a call to Miss Lorraine Gonzalez and asking her, please, please, please. Um, we need to hear from survivors that are adamant about this um, uh, because, again, sex work is not work. And that is a theme that uh, is really all of this is hiding under. Well, sex work is work. It's a form of work. People need to survive. Well, there was an uh, there was a transgender woman that was on a um, uh, on a show called World Without Trafficking. And um, and she was adamant. She said that is degrading. The fact that I can't get regular work because I'm transgender and I'm being discriminated against is the problem. It is not acceptable for you to tell me that you've relinquished me to being trafficked as my only form and source of income. I deserve better. Mm -hmm. And I love that she said that. And I love that, um, you know, uh, black girls and women are speaking out and saying, hey, this is not an acceptable alternative. So and speaking of that, so some of the things that people need as alternatives are housing. And so Pillars of Hope is providing an opportunity for or wants to provide an opportunity for housing. Tell us more about what you're working on right now. Well, we're we're obviously, you know, um, like any other organization, we're we're looking for funding. And it's a pretty big ask, um, but we really believe that God is um, is going to provide that. Yeah. Um, it's just in His timing, and um, we're staying on that that vision that that um, that God has give, gave um, uh, Deborah, um, mm-hmm. and um, we're gonna we're gonna stay with that. We're gonna stay in our lane, as we say. But in the meantime, we can help. You know, we we uh, Deborah's been on the call all week to help a. Um, a uh, traffic person uh, get get housing and and um, one of the things is as you know Deborah I mean as you know uh, Vanessa 
is that there has been houses that have closed down here in California. Oh yeah, multiple. And so we want to go against that tide. We want to. We believe we're believing that God's going to open up a house. And so, um, yeah, uh, we're doing everything we can for that. But in the meantime, uh, where we can help, where we can help other organizations, um, we're not rich, of course, but um, you know we have some funds to help those. You know, to to be able to send girls to Santa Cruz and be able to send a girl home or to a or help them um, go through and be an advocate for them as they go through maybe a case uh, where we're partnering up with the uh, DA's office in um, in Contra Costa to be an advocate for those going through for some cases going through uh, the court system right now. So, yeah, that's awesome. 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 Okay. So funding, there you have it. So just keep pillars uh, lifted up in your prayers. And if you, you know, if you feel like there's somebody that, you know, that can help them move the the ball forward, um, definitely reach out. How can people get in touch with you, Les? Well, we are on, we are on Facebook mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are on, uh, we are on, uh, on, uh, on um, the World Wide Web, of course, the pillars of hope. Um, uh, dot us and so I think that's the 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 uh, thing. Um, but yeah, we're we're, we're that way. Um, you can uh, you can just Google us and we'll be on the top top kind of thing. Uh, okay. All right, there you have it. Um, please get in touch with Les and support the work that they're doing there at Pillars. And of course, we want to make sure uh, that you continue to connect in with us at Love Never Fails. Um, we uh, can be reached at loveneverfailsus.com. Love Never Fails 5 on Twitter, Love Never Fails fan page, Facebook, Love Never Fails Us on Instagram. And um, of course, we covet your prayers. Please continue to lift up the work that we're doing with this against this bill. And uh, and then, of course, we want to make sure if you haven't heard it before, if you need to hear it again, that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance.